You are listening to Coffee with Doc P. I am your host, Dr. Colton Pedigo. Everyone, I am so excited about today's episode. I am extremely passionate about this topic, as you will see. Um, as I discuss sports specialization, I spend a lot of time researching, learning, investing money, and in continuing education revolving around youth athletics, even adult athletics, and just anyone living an active lifestyle and how to best set them up for a long, healthy, mobile, pain-free life. Before we begin, um, I, I think it's appropriate to share some alarming statistics in athletics to kind of set the stage for why um, I'm so passionate about this and why something has to change as far as youth athletics go. So here we go. High school athletes account for an estimated 2 million injuries and 500,000 doctor visits each year. More than 3.5 million kids under age 14 receive medical treatment for sports injuries each year. Children ages 5 to 14 account for nearly 40% of all sports-related injuries treated in hospitals. Overuse injuries are responsible for nearly half of all sports injuries to middle and high school students. One-third of parents do not have their children take the same safety precautions at practice that they would during a game. 20% of children ages 8 to 12 and 45% of those ages 13 to 14 will have arm pain during a single youth baseball season. Since the year 2000, there has been a five-fold increase in the number of serious shoulder and elbow injuries among youth baseball and softball players. So now let's look at why is this happening? Well, Sports specialization is something that's becoming more common each and every year. And uh, what I mean by that is some athletes are playing one sport year-round. Now, you may say, why is this a big deal if long as they're staying active year-round, that's a good thing, right? Well, yeah, it's a good thing. However, it's not the best thing. Um, the best thing is for them to play multiple sports year-round and have breaks from specific sports um, and put into something different. And the reason why is because if you play one sport year-round, that one sport has specific physical demands on the body. So these youth athletes, their bodies are rapidly changing and developing. They are not fully grown their nervous system is not fully developed yet. Their muscles, bones, joints, ligaments, all that are still going under many, many changes. So when you go through repetitive movements and exercises to train for a specific sport year-round, the body is going to start to break down in those movements. Or they're going to get injured when they do try to go do something different because their body hasn't been trained to handle that different activity. So, in addition to that, they're not getting recovery time. So, there's no off-season for them. Even professional athletes have an off-season. Youth athletics, um, these athletes need a proper off-season. Now, that doesn't mean they need to take a break and sit inside and play video games. It means they need to cross-train and do something else, whether it's get with the very good trainer and start working on functional movement or just playing a different sport in general. They need a recovery time um, from that specific sport. 
So, for example, no, your kid that's age 10, even though he or she might be the best pitcher in all of uh, your region, that doesn't mean for them to get to college and get a scholarship, they need to pitch year-round. That's not true because, guess what? When they get in high school, they have a higher chance of having a career-ending injury because they have been put through this repetitive motion for years and years and years and not cross-trained. Their body hasn't been able to develop in other ways. So actually, they're at a high risk of something serious happening later in their career. So we have this idea um, to reduce the risk of injury called um, early diversification, late special that means early diversi- uh, diversity in their, in their athletics, in their exercise. So that means playing a bunch of different things early on so their body can develop and grow properly and efficiently. And then when they get to that more mature stage of their life or their career and they get closer to the college scholarship opportunities and things like that, you can start to specialize a little more. However, they need to still have the proper off-season recovery time. Now, another reason why this is happening is when there is recovery time, um, the parents or coaches are sending the athletes to ineffective um, methods of recovery. So maybe they're sending them to someone who doesn't specialize in youth athletics or just um, functional movement based practices. So um, it's almost like going to your auto mechanic to fix your toilet. Like the auto mechanic works on cars. They may not specialize in plumbing. Same thing with uh, youth athletics. Just because someone practices physical therapy or chiropractic or medicine or personal training does not mean they're going to be a good fit for your youth athlete because they may specialize in geriatrics or diabetes or things like that, not youth athletics. So you have to make sure the goals of the recovery and the time match up with the person that you're sending your athlete to for treatment or um, training. Now, um, they're, they're not being trained to physically handle load and demand. And what I mean by that is, um, I see this a lot. You have these people that think these kids need to start these training programs that you see NFL wide receivers doing, and that's going to make them good enough to play in college. That that's the farthest thing from the truth. Those NFL receivers did not start and get to where they are by doing the same programs they're doing today. You know, they had to build a foundation. They had to get their bodies to handle specific loads and movements before they could start increasing to more and more difficult activities. So you have to start at the foundation. Your body has to be able to handle basic life movements without difficulty or pain before you can start loading it and putting weight with it or specific sport activities. Okay, so another thing is instant gratification. Uh, A lot of people throw money at short-term solutions and not long-term solutions. Well, if you have a kid that is still 10 years away from college, you need to be thinking about what you can do right then and there that's going to help them 10 years down the road the most instead of what's going to help them in two months to get them back to playing, say they have a shoulder injury and you want them to play in the next game. 
well, is that game in the fifth grade or sixth grade more important than getting their college paid for? Probably not. So take the time to get their body right. That way, when they get to high school, they don't have these injuries or they don't lose a scholarship because of injury and things like that. And then past injuries are not always rehab properly. So that goes, again, where are you going for treatment? Who are you um, seeking advice from as far as an injury goes? Are you seeking it from someone who truly specializes and spends time every day with that injury or that population? Or are you seeing someone that has no idea and they're going outside their lane to give you advice? Okay, so one of my favorite quotes um, from Craig Liebenson, he's a very well-known chiropractor that focuses um, in functional movement and the active population a lot. Uh, he says, injury does not happen because of a specific movement or exercise. Injury happens when the body is not prepared for that specific movement or exercise. So let me break this down. He is saying, just because someone does deadlifts, does not mean that's what caused their low back pain. What actually caused the low back pain was their body was not prepared to perform a deadlift. Deadlifts are good for your body. However, your body has to be prepared to perform that movement or injury can occur down the road. Okay, So that goes with anything. Squatting, lunging, sprinting, throwing. If your body is not prepared to do that efficiently over time, you will start to see the body break down in those movements and injury occur. Okay, so I want to give you some examples of professional athletes who were multi-sport athletes. And you'll notice with some of these names I'm going to be naming, they're some of the most durable athletes, meaning they've missed very little time due to injury in their career. And they all contribute that to or associate that to playing multiple sports and doing multiple different styles of training throughout their career. Okay, so Mike Trout, multi-sport athlete in high school. And some of these athletes also could have gotten drafted in multiple professional sports. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey. Now, up until this year, none of those guys have really suffered injuries that make them miss games. They did this year, but, you know, that kind of comes with the nature. You have some of the best athletes and the biggest human beings um, that are athletic on the field hitting each other. You know, something's bound to happen at some point in their career. However, up to that point, they have been performing at such a high level and staying healthy. Let me share a quote with you from uh, Christian McCaffrey. He says, I'm not a fan of locking into one sport. I just think it's so important as a kid to venture off and do multiple things. Now, those of you who don't know who Christian McCaffrey is, he's the running back for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he goes on to say, to me, I look at what basketball and track and baseball did for my football, football career. It was more than anything. You're training different muscles. You're training your mind. You're just being a part of multiple teams. You learn a lot of life lessons. So, these professional athletes who are now playing one sport highly advocate for these youth athletes to venture off and try a bunch of different things for many reasons. 96% of the players who played in the 2018 Super Bowl were multi-sport athletes in high school. 96% of them. So what does that tell you? 
that tells you that just because you play one sport year-round does not mean you're going to get drafted, you're going to go play college. That's not going to get you closer to scholarship. What's going to get you closer to scholarship is staying healthy, putting health before fitness. Because if you put health before fitness, then your body is going to allow you to train at a high level, which is in return going to get you to the point of that that uh, scholarship or that getting drafted or you know that starting position in high school, whatever your goal may be. Okay, so we have to let these youth athletes try many different sports and not only focus on one thing year round. The whole idea is to build strong and resilient athletes in Southern Illinois or wherever you may be um, where you're listening to this podcast. So go ahead and save your time and money. You get what you pay for when it comes to care and training, okay? So if you're only seeking out options that are free or that may be very cheap, I understand everyone has a different budget, and things like that. However, um, you can find affordable options that are the best options too. You just have to do your research. Don't only make a decision without researching who you're seeking advice from or sending your kid to. Make sure you're researching them and then, you know, take the best of the best and find whatever fits your budget. You don't have to um, send them because if you send them to someone who's not going to help them, then you're wasting money anyways. Okay, so let's put your money towards something that is going to be beneficial for your kids and your athletes. Now, if you are seeking some someone's advice and they tell you to tell the athlete to stop an activity or to just rest, I can tell you right now you are wasting your time and money. Um, that's a polite way of saying they have no idea what's going on and they have no idea how to help you and your child or athlete, okay? So um, rest is never the answer. Maybe taking a break from pitching is the answer, but not just taking a break from pitching. Taking a break from pitching and working on other things while that area of the body has time to recover. So whether it's mobility and stability of the shoulder, so, so the soft tissue can recover, or whether it is working on lower body, strengthening um, the hips and the thighs and everything that's going to help you push off the mound harder, um, increase your velocity, things like that. Rest alone is never the answer for anything. Okay. You can always be working on something else with something else with your athletes or, or your children. So, um, I hope you guys found this podcast valuable. I'm very passionate about this. If you guys have any questions, feel the Feel free to reach out. Um, follow us on Instagram, Southern Spine Rehab. Like our page on Facebook. Uh, share this podcast because so many people need to hear this, especially in our rural area of Southern Illinois. Um, I am here to help everyone who is looking for help. So if you you don't have to schedule an appointment just to reach out, reach out to me. I'll try to help you the best I can. And if we deem it necessary, you come in for further discussion or evaluation. Obviously, we'll set you up with that. Um, But make sure you subscribe, uh, like our pages, follow us, and please share this. I appreciate all of your guys' support. Have a great day.
Thanks for tuning in to Coffee with Doc P.